Thank you for listening to All for Animals. We are a growing podcast. And if you're having as much fun as we are, please follow and like us on social media. You can find us at All for Animals Pod on Facebook and All for Animals Podcast on Instagram. We'll see you there. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel. I'm Peter. And, and this, this is, is All, All for, for Animals. Animals. Alrighty. Well, thank you for joining us again, everybody. We've got kind of an interesting topic today. Yeah, today we've got a fun topic of pet professionals in the news. And um, I think that it's going to be a very interesting topic. And um, on top of that, it will be a very, very um, interesting, to say the least, I will say that um, this is right up Rachel's alley. She did um, a lot of hard work and research to um, compile this episode for everybody. So I will pass it over to Rachel and let you continue. Awesome. So I found a bunch of pretty interesting looking articles all about things that at least are relevant to pet professionals. Um, and the first story is where I'm going to kind of explain what I mean by that comment. Um, so our first story is actually not necessarily about an animal professional herself, but about her work re being represented on TV. So the article is called... Tara Reed to star in and produce comedy series adaptation of The Pet Sitter's Tale with Laura Vorier, Vorier and Paperball Pictures. So we're going to have some animal professionals repping us in Hollywood. <laughs> shoot, shoot for the stars. Have big dreams, right? Exactly. So it looks like there's going to be a comedy series adaptation of the book, The Pet Sitter's Tale, and Tara Reid is going to star and produce, and the show is going to be called Walking in L.A., and it is a female-driven comedy, and I think that sounds incredible, and I'm so excited to see our our fellow pet professionals represented in Hollywood. And let's see, it looks like it's um, the book. I haven't read this book. Have you, Peter? The Pet Sitter's Tale? I have not, no. Okay, so it looks like it's just a collection of short stories about the author Vorier's uh, love of pets uh, from the time she was a young girl in growing up in Chicago to inadvertently becoming a professional pet sitter in L.A., I have the kind of description in the article here. So it goes, quote, Walking in L.A. follows the feel-good redemption story of magical thinking protagonist Lucy, who is fired from her dream job and dumped by her fiancé and moves on a whim to the City of Angels in search of something better. Upon landing in L.A., Lucy discovers she'll need quote-unquote connections to do just about anything and that self-discovery and reinvention will take more than just hope and determination. Luck finds Lucy when a chance encounter with famous talk show host Angela Noble, played by Reed, sets off a comic and uplifting journey from fish-out-of-water dreamer to successful pet-walking entrepreneur extraordinaire. It's going to be based on the author's life story and 20-plus year career as a celebrity pet sitter. 
Um, Walking in L.A. blends girl power comedy with fantastical reality featuring cameos from celebrities and their pets as Lucy builds her star-studded roster of clients. That sounds really cool. Yeah, that'll be I think that'll be a really interesting show. Um, When does it what uh, what networks is it on? Is it I guess networks? What streaming devices? Is it on Netflix? Let's see. It looks like right now it's actually being shopped out to uh, the network. So we have yet to find out who's going to pick it up. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds like a binge-worthy series, I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. That's great. And we can also can we also talk about how cool it would be to be what was it a professional celebrity pet sitter? Right. Uh, that'd like. Be- That'd be one hell of a job. I feel like that is the dream right there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, all celebrities have pets. So there's yeah. definitely a demand for being a celebrity pet sitter, pet walker, whatever it may be. Speaking of which, I quite often see stories of celebrity encounters on our grooming groups on Facebook. I really hope that we have some of those people listening. We need those stories. It would be so awesome to hear more like actual celebrity encounters and stories, you know, like I've never groomed a celebrity's pet. Have you? Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Local celebrities, maybe, but not. Okay. Not in Fair a enough. Uh, nationwide name. No. So no Hollywood critters. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. The dream is there, sure. but no, not quite yet. So I'm super excited and I am, I, I have already signed up for notifications on like updates to this article from deadline.com. So I am really, really hoping that this is going to become a reality very soon because I'm thrilled to, and so excited to watch it. I think it'll be a matter of time. I think it'll appeal. uh, It'll appeal to a very large crowd, especially if, you know, a Netflix or a Hulu picks it up. Yeah. And see, like you Um, don't have to be an animal professional to, get a lot out of that kind of show because just no, animals everyone in general are comedy. hilarious. Everyone likes a sitcom. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. So our next story is, let's, or I'm sorry, our next article is PetSmart Charities renews their $3 million grant to Meals on Wheels America to benefit seniors and their pets. So I didn't even realize that PetSmart Charities worked with Meals on Wheels. Did you ever realize that? I didn't know that PetSmart worked specifically with Meals on Wheels, but I do know that they do branch out to um, a vast, vast majority of, you know, they're paired with quite a few other charities across the United States. I didn't know that They do have, they have their own charity. It's the PetSmart Charities, and it is apparently the leading funder of animal welfare in North America. I didn't realize it was that oh, big really? either. No, yeah, I didn't know all that. Yeah. So huh. they have uh, already done this $3 million three-year partnership with Meals on Wheels America. And it's specifically to address senior isolation and hunger. And, uh, or, or well, I guess that's that's what Meals on Wheels America does. But then PetSmart Charities comes in and supports new and existing uh, pet assistant services, including pet food deliveries, access to veterinary care and other important like services, like grooming and everything as well, for pet owning seniors sure. that are maybe a little bit less mobile on their own. 
And I just thought this was so cool. And it's kind of similar, or I mean, I guess kind of relevant for us specifically, Peter, since we have, you know, so many elderly clients that use our services because they struggle to drive on their own and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. So I, I just no, love absolutely. that there are more people looking out for our, our elderly customers. Yeah, absolutely. No kidding. Well, and it, in addition to that, it's just there's such a need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's good to hear that, you know, PetSmart Charities is taking initiative and really, really kind of looking past the obvious needs for structure and help um, and assistance in the, in the pet care world, but nothing like that. I think that that's really good. Yeah. Um, A to shed light on and B to take care of. So yeah, I feel like everyone wins with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I found a couple of the statistics that they listed in this article, all about kind of the benefit that the community has already seen from this program. Let's see here. It's a continuation of a three-year partnership that distributed more than 380 grants to local Meals on Wheels programs to support older adults and their pets. It funded critical research and supported the development of key resources to expand pet programming between 2020 and 2022. Uh, Through the support of this partnership, more than 25,000 older adults and 41,000 pets were served. So that is absolutely incredible, the kind of reach that something like this can have. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I think that, you know, I feel like sometimes the big box stores get get a a different kind of reputation than, say, like a mom or pop pet care shop. Sure. Um, And it's really nice to see that. You know, this big corporate franchise is doing so much to give back to give back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So apparently last year, Meals on Wheels America found through, I guess, maybe a poll uh, that 97 percent of their clients agreed that pet programming like this helps allow them to keep their pet. And that made me both glad and absolutely heartbroken at the same time because I'm thrilled that there are some programs like this becoming more and more available but so sad that they are needed in the first place and that there I mean obviously there's still going to be people going without and it just makes me so heartbroken that there are these whole communities of people you know, the elderly, the the less mobile, the disabled that would have so many struggles with keeping a pet when they bring so much joy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I, I, I get what you mean there where it's there's kind of this two sides of the sword situation where it's it's great that it's getting done. But concerning to know that there's such a demand for this. Yes. How, how close to hitting that demand are we? How many others, you know, aren't seeing the benefits from this charity. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear all the time from other salon groomers. I'm sure you hear this too, that at least the area we're in really needed more mobile groomers. Yeah. So um, kind of that added... Not even just mobile. We need more groomers, period. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, more groomers globally, period. But but at least, you know, the mobile market, bringing a product, a service to someone's house is something that, you know, a lot of people benefit from in ways that you wouldn't even think. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, it is kind of sad to hear that, well, well, charities and people like you and me are kind of giving back to that, you know, we just also know that there's not 
there's a lot of animals and people that may not be being reached. So oh, yeah. um, hopefully this continues to snowball and create more traction and bring more attention, and especially in the media, um, to this kind of problem that we're having. And, you know, hopefully that that'll create a bigger, even though what do you use? Market? Would that be the right word? A bigger... Um, Community, I think. I would say community. Yeah. Community to help serve the demand that we're seeing here for for pets and people both needing care. Absolutely. So just a quick call to action here. If anybody is looking for more information or needs to find a Meals on Wheels provider near you, maybe for yourself, a family member, a client, whatever the case may be, You can find all the information you need at www.mealsonwheelsamerica.org. Beautiful. All right. Now, this one, I'm going to get a little judgy in here. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, just a smidge. (laughs) Okay. So, this article is called TSA, colon, Too Many Travelers Leaving Pets in Carry-Ons to be X-Rayed. X-Rayed, Peter. Hmm. For why? So... I'm not entirely certain why, but the TSA is saying too many passengers are putting their pets into their carry-on bags and sending them through those crazy, like, conveyor belt x-ray machines at the airport. And pets are not ever supposed to be screened through an x-ray machine like that. It's... It's well, not meant right. for bodies. It's only meant to scan. Yeah, no, no luggage. living thing should probably go through yeah. an airport security. And system. like this article, yeah. it has pictures. I'm going to share the pictures um, when we publish this episode and everything too, because it's absolutely insane. We're not even talking about like those soft sided carriers for dogs that people are putting mm. on conveyor belts. They're literally shoving their cat inside of their suitcase. Like, why? Like animal smuggling? I can't see if it's supposed to be smuggling, but it's, I guess, I guess it's people, like families. It's clueless. Wanting it's to clueless. travel with their pets. <laughs> sure. And, and so and... this says here, it's valuable to become familiar. I'm sorry. I have a quote here from Robert Duffy, the TSA Federal Security Director for LaGuardia Airport. And he says, pets are often treated like family members and as such, sometimes travel with their humans. That's why it's valuable to become familiar with the security procedures for pets and how to go through the checkpoint security screening process quickly and easily. So, I I mean, that kind of almost sounds to me like people are getting confused about how they're supposed to bring their pet with them. Oh, Jesus. Well, it's not That's like... That's kind of what well, I'm why getting. Why would you not... Okay, obviously, being a breeder, I've flown animals before, and I've purchased animals that have been flown sure. to me. There are proper systems, and there are policies. There's a process. Most airlines will let you fly mm-hmm. live animals, even internationally. I'm just shocked that... People so like, think that that's the standard is just to put your cat in a suitcase. Yeah, right? And you would think, you know, hop on Google this day and age, how to fly with my cat Southwest or Allegiant or that's bizarre. That's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> so like people, if you're getting confused at the airport, um, it's never a crime to ask a question, especially because your, your pet's safety literally de- depends upon it. And if you're just trying to sneak your pet on the plane, it's not going to work. 
So this says right here, the TSA says air travelers are allowed to bring small pets aboard planes and they can be screened at security checkpoints along with their owners, but there is a right way to do it. And they have a whole little checklist here and I'm gonna go ahead and read that off. <laughs> the TSA shared steps on how to correctly screen your pet to get through airport security. Bring the animal to the checkpoint in a handheld travel carrier. Yeah, there's absolutely no need to um, put put your animal in your luggage. That's that's just dangerous. And bizarre. Remove the pet from the carrier. Yes, right. <laughs> Remove the pet from the carrier just before the screening process starts. I'm assuming somebody will probably tell you when you need to take your pet out of their carrier. And then it says, put the empty travel carrier, empty people, on the conveyor belt to be x-rayed. Never, ever, ever send a pet through the x-ray tunnel. And TSA said that, not me. I may have added a couple evers in there, but TSA said it. If possible, carry the pet through the walk-through medical... Jeez. Carry the pet through the walk-through metal detector during screening. However, leashed pets can walk through with your owner or with their owner. When in doubt, just ask for guidance from the TSA officer. And after going through security, return your pet to its travel carrier away from the security checkpoint. Seems simple enough. And like I said, just ask questions if you're ever in doubt. Don't shove your poor kitty cat in a, a suitcase and send them through an x-ray. Well, and furthermore, like, airport security is so tight. I mean, you know, and I, that's mm-hmm. well-known information. I mean, you can't even fly, what, with more than three ounce liquids? And yet, by some by some oh, ways... I haven't flown since, like, 2002. I don't know. I think it's... I just flew not too long ago. I think it was you can't bring any any liquids that are bigger than three ounces right but pe- mm-hmm. some people assume Probably. you can stuff your chihuahua on a suitcase and get by with that that's just bizarre to me those are those i don't know that those people need to own pets i don't know yeah it's like i i still can't quite understand if it's an accident or if it was on purpose and either way i'm not sure if 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 i can understand it <laughs> yeah no it doesn't make a lot of sense honestly i don't know if this is the, the right way to look at it but i would almost hope that it was intentional and that someone isn't just clueless enough to do that (laughs) is that me yeah because if they're clueless enough to harm their pet like that accidentally then like what else are they letting slide exactly (laughs) how else is this pet being cared for whereas like if you're just trying to smuggle pets so you can you know get by the added fees of flying properly well yeah it's more arguable that you're just you're just ill-moraled right so. Well, and for that, like, if you're just cramming a cat in your your regular suitcase and hoping for the best, um, have you seen how they handle your luggage? It's not with care. It's not. So your pet is gonna be hurt if you just cram them in your luggage. Well, and furthermore, they do fly a lot of animals cargo. Um, with hedgehogs, they have to fly cargo, for example. Yeah, but in a carrier, exactly. not in a luggage. Exactly. In a suitcase. There's a, there's a proper way to set up both the inside of the shipping bin and the outside to alert whoever's handling the package that there are live animals that's inside yeah i think this is and more they're talking not going to be crushed <laughs> i think this is more talking about people with their carry-ons maybe like putting a cat in a carry-on well, yeah it said carry-ons yeah but so still like, i mean at least you, you can't just cram your them own... in there right exactly because they'll still get like 
when you have your carry-on, like these are suitcase carry-ons. They're not like a purse. So then you're still cramming it underneath your seat or in those overhead bins or something like that. So I still don't feel like that's very safe. Oh, definitely not. That's why there's actual designated animal carriers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one said you can't fly animals. There's just a certain process. A very expensive Yeah, follow process. the rules, people. <laughs> Everybody's safety depends on it. Absolutely. All right. So our next news article is a little bit more on the sad side, and that is that zookeepers at the Kiev Zoo are having to light fires in the zoo in order to keep their more tropical climate animals warm. And it's because of Russia bombarding the Ukraine's power grid and heating infrastructure just constantly. So they're just having rolling blackouts all the time. And obviously, I mean, you know as well as anybody, Peter, that having those extreme temperature changes, that can be lethal for some animals. Oh, yeah, not healthy at all. Not healthy at all. I mean, even me with my my hedgehogs, obviously hedgehogs are warm-blooded, but they still need to be warm. And that jump from 74 to 85 to back down to 76, yeah. No, they need consistency. It's That's really shitty, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But they're trying so hard. They're doing everything that they can. I'm glad that they're doing. I am so proud of the measures they've taken. They've set up like a a wood-burning stove in their like primate house Mm -hmm. and they fire that oven throughout the day so that it's always at least 20 degrees celsius okay and apparently a huge reason they needed to do this is because of their 48 year old gorilla the only gorilla they have named tony and he is apparently very 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 uncomfortable in the cold he doesn't like it. <laughs> I can relate. So... <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad so that they're taking the. I'm glad work. that despite what's going on, you know, between those two countries, that you know, we have people out there willing to give it their all and kind of do what seems maybe unconventional, just to make sure that you know the the care and consistency continues. Absolutely. And other countries are pitching in to help. The Berlin Zoo from Germany uh, raised 400,000 euros in contributions to pay for generators and other important supplies to be sent to the Kiev Zoo. And those generators are going to provide additional heat and electricity to the zoo who's, uh, I guess they had some generators, but they weren't, they didn't have enough oomph. To, to get the job done, but now they're going to have more of that that electricity that they need in order to give the animals what they need. Sure. Yeah, I can relate to not having enough energy in your generator. So can you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's unfortunately all too common a problem that we mobiles face, but I can't imagine it on the scale of oh, a yeah, zoo no, like no that. Kidding. Right. That's absolutely insane. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad they're getting the upgrade they deserve. That's great. Me too. But there was one part of the the article here that I it's not necessarily about the animals but more so about the inordinate amount of stress that the animal professionals and everybody else in the Ukraine is dealing with every day and so the author of this article on uk.news.yahoo um 
let's see here. She's a journalist named Reese. She says she's been deeply touched when the Kiev Zoo colleagues would tell her during their phone interviews about delivering the generators, quote, wait, we might lose our connection now because we're under fire from missiles, unquote. How absolutely nerve-wracking and heart-wrenching must that be all day, every day? And yet these people are still out there doing their jobs and doing the best that they can for these animals in their care. Right. Like super superheroes. Yeah, no kidding. A real unfortunate situation. Yes. All right. This one is kind of a little bit more on the zany side. So any listeners in the New York area have probably already heard about Flacco, the Eurasian eagle owl, and his dastardly escape have you heard of him peter i have not i'm listening intently <laughs> so he is a beautiful owl and I'll, I'll definitely include pictures of him as well because i can understand his fan following but you also know i have an extra soft spot for owls <laughs> sure so he apparently first escaped from his enclosure after it was vandalized at the new york city central park zoo on February 2nd, and he has been just living it up ever since. And the zookeepers and staff, as well as the general public, was all very, very concerned about whether or not he would be able to survive on his own after having spent most of his life there at the, at the zoo. And so, I mean, anytime an animal that's been captive for any time escapes like that then it's always going to be high up on the list of concerns but he's he's doing really well and he is hunting all on his own and he has apparently taken up refuge or i'm sorry he has apparently taken up residence along billionaire's row on central park south and so he i feel like he is living the dream over there <laughs> It sounds like it. Are they in works to get him back into the enclosure? They have been trying to trap him and bring him back, but he is, he, he's enjoying himself a little bit too he's much. He's just too smart. Yeah, I bet. Yes. That's so they are, they are intensely monitoring him every single day, watching his behavior and activity. They have been uh, sitting there physically observing him, hunting and catching his prey. They've seen all kinds of improvement in his confidence and his his just natural abilities and everything so they're making sure that he is able to take care of himself while he's still out on his little holiday but they are definitely making all kinds of attempts to bring him in and he's just too wily <laughs> Yeah, he'll bring back he'll bring back some new skills once they finally catch him oh yeah <laughs> yeah a team of zoo staffers armed with nets and traps have been monitoring Flacco's movements around the clock as he avoided their attempts to quote-unquote rescue him. He's just having the time of his life. So he's, they've, uh, let's see here. Their recovery structure, <laughs> their recovery strategies have been mostly based on trying to lure him out with familiar food. But now they're having to kind of just, uh, change their approach <laughs> and now they're just kind of trying they're trying to make sure hang on uh, da, 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 da. 
So it looks like now they're just kind of trying to make sure that they don't scare him off from the area that he's kind of started to call home so that they can still keep an eye on him. So I guess maybe they're going to try some different kinds of traps. Imagine trying to trap an animal as wise as an owl. Right? Sounds like a shit show. <laughs> he's probably <laughs> up there in the trees saying, who do you think you are? <laughs> I had, I mean, I am queen of the dad joke. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no. no. I was going to say that was a hell of a dad joke. You just pulled I, ha- I mean, I'm like 90% caffeine and dad jokes. That's how I get through the day. It happens. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good story, though. I didn't hear anything about that. Although I stay out of the news for the most part. I kind of just do my own thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting here right here with the rest of our listeners just <laughs> lapping up all these new news topics that i never knew anything about yeah i mean i don't usually like to uh be super invested in the news because it's incredibly depressing but i had a lot of fun trying to find our colleagues and people like us in the news and everything and hearing about all of these like these poor (laughs) poor zookeepers trying their hardest just to rein this little party animal back in (laughs) It was it was quite the hoot, if I do say so myself. They'll write a book. How many how many zookeepers does it take to trap an owl? <laughs> like a, a riddle or a riddle or a joke they could make out of that. I like it. <laughs> and he has grown an even bigger fan base following his grand escape. And people are like coming out to Central Park just to check on him. And just like regular citizens are updating zoo officials where he might be that day because you know he'll fly off and and they'll have trouble finding him again and then somebody else spots him and so (laughs) he has quite the adoring adoring public (laughs) he's popular popular little guy yeah nice hang on i'm chewing on a mento right now so that my frog voice will go away okay i have one more story and this one's extra weird so i don't know if you've heard anything about the quite unusual string of vandalism that's been happening in a bunch of different zoos across the country, Peter. Have you heard about them? Not until you mentioned about little owl dudes' uh, enclosure (laughs) getting vandalized. No. Yeah, um, so it's not located only in New York City. It's happening all over the place. And our next story is about a... A very strange case of theft and vandalism in the Dallas Zoo. Is that Sequoia that I hear <laughs> yelling at the top of that my lungs? Is, that is Amira. That is Amira. That's why when she starts meowing, I won't talk. That way you can just cut out all the bullshit. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I have, let's see. I have one, two, three. I have three dogs and two cats watching on. I had to lay blankets all around me so that I didn't have to hear their nails click on the floor (laughs) in our audio. (laughs) We have marvelous supervisors. Yeah, I gave up with my cats. They just, they run the house. I just work my way around it. Oh, yeah. Just annoying. I've got one cat in heat and I've got another one that's pregnant. So it's just been wonderful. Such a a lively bunch over there, Peter. (laughs) Yeah, never a dull moment over at my place, huh? Never. (laughs) But anyway, so... I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I want to hear more about this um, <laughs> this Dallas Zoo vandalation. That's no good. What's going on? Yeah. So a man named Davion Irvin, and I am not sure if I'm pronouncing that name right. I, I looked and I c- couldn't find an ex- or a 
a pronunciation guide. But a just he's only 24 years old, so this is blowing my mind. He's my age. But he is, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, yeah. As you, of January, you just turned four, as of 24. January, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So he's currently being charged with six counts of animal cruelty and two counts of burglary. And he was arrested uh, last week after stealing two tamarind monkeys from the zoo. He just, like, opened up their the um, cage, like the steel mesh type mm-hmm. stuff. He cut it open and stole them. And he had also apparently attempted to steal a cloud leopard from the zoo. Oh, God. And, yeah, the monkeys were eventually found at an abandoned house somewhere else in the Dallas area. And... Thankfully, they were safe, they were unharmed, and they were taken straight back to the zoo to be put in quarantine, make sure that they're all safe and okay and healthy. Um, But there's also apparently a vulture that died at the the Dallas Zoo around the same time, and the death seems very suspicious, so they are trying to see if he might have been involved with that as well. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so... I think that's... Stuff like this is more common than I think people realize. I hear about animals getting stolen all the time, especially like like cruddy breeders that'll steal, you know, because obviously you steal good genetics, I guess. Sure. Um, but I even I know friends and colleagues that have had animals stolen from them. So yeah, people are bold. Oh and, yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's really sad story. Well, at least they caught the guy. At least they found the animals safe. Yeah, um, and I am glad to hear that they're investigating this this uh, spontaneous death of the vulture because a it shows they give a damn, and b I think it'd be you know I think that it's fair to the staff and the community to get some answers as to mm-hmm. what what the cause of death was. Yeah, so they are performing a necropsy on the um, it is an endangered lappet face vulture, and right now he hasn't been actually charged with it. With, with the vulture's death, but they are definitely trying to see if it was possible that he had a hand in it. Because this guy was really brazen and bold, and he is still brazen and bold, because he is now saying, from within prison, or I'm sorry, jail, he's still being held um, on a $25,000 bond. And he has already admitted, uh, apparently, to the crimes of stealing the monkeys and attempting to steal the cloud leopard and on top of that he's also saying he wants to return to the zoo and take more animals if he gets out of jail so something seems very very off here yeah no kidding i don't think he's gonna get out yeah i mean i certainly hope not no it sounds like he uh he probably should talk a little bit less huh? well or maybe he needs to find a professional to talk to yeah Yeah, something like that. Well, nevertheless, he can't take more animals, and the animals that were taken are safe and secure. So, um, yeah, happy to hear that. Did you, in, in kind of, uh, I guess this is local news, just asking Rachel, did you hear about that lemur? Yes! That was found here in the city? Yep, yep. It looked like, from what it seemed, it was found in a couple's garage. And, of course, our local zoo didn't have that species of lemur. Well, they do now because they took him. And I believe the little girl... Of the family that's garage the lemur mm-hmm. ended up in, named him King Julian. <laughs> Smart girl. Great movie. Love Madagascar. And it's probably one of those situations where someone 
got an animal off the black market and was illegally keeping it and they just didn't want to get in trouble and speak out and say, hey, that's my lemur. Yeah, did they ever figure out who it was that had um, acquired Not to my knowledge. Okay. Not to my knowledge. They haven't figured out where where it came from. Um, I have seen this happen before. It's always with primates when I see it at least. Um, People illegally... Well, no, I've seen raccoons... I was going to say, it, it doesn't of. really matter what species. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't fucking yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, because um, I don't think what people understand um, when they get involved with, you know, owning animals without the proper licensing, what happens when that animal gets sick and you can't get it to a vet because the animal is illegally owned? Exactly. Um, or hurts somebody else. And uh, I, I'm sure the crime that was committed at the Dallas Zoo, his intent was to resell the animals uh, get rich quick mentality it appears that that was probably what was going on although they did say that they the the house that they found the monkeys in also had some dead animals like cats and pigeons and lots and lots of poo everywhere so i'm not sure if he was actually trying to sell them off or if he was just wanting to keep them for some reason i don't know it or just they seems... just had different plans. I don't know. Yeah. I guess only I time that will tell. Be... Yeah, right. I don't know if we'll ever have the answer to that. But typically when things like this happen, you know, exotic animals being stolen um, from zoos or other facilities, typically it's for the resale value of sure. uh, getting the animal into a black market because people will do just about anything for money. Oh, yeah. And I guess that stealing live animals is not, is not off that list. No, so. never. Yeah. Honestly, I'm really glad you ended with that story because that was that was crazy. That's yeah. absolutely outrageous. Right? And he's just so brazen about it. That's what I cannot wrap my head around. Yeah, right. Alrighty, well, I'm gonna go ahead and thank everybody for listening this week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Till next time. And if anybody has a story to share with us, please, please let us know. We would love to hear, especially if you have a story related to any of the topics that we just talked about today. That would be even more fantastic. Our email address is allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, pet people. 